welcome to Curiosity Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we are on episode 55. 55. Woo, woo. Beginning of July. And we're going to talk about Q4 and Q3. What? <laughs> what do you mean what? All right. Like, do, you, do you understand? Quarter two just ended. And then so quarter four, before we know it, we'll be here. Right now, we talked about quarter four last year. So if you don't know what quarter four, quarter four refers to, it's the last three months of the fiscal year, right? So we're talking about October, November, and December, which is a huge deal, right? But you kind of understand a little bit different now than last year. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I, I still feel like it's crazy to be talking about it this early. Maybe not crazy. You but mean like beginning of July, kind of it's still hot out? Yeah, tonight. well, I mean... Because we think of Q4, and obviously we think of Christmas, we think of Black Friday. Uh, so we're, we're a long ways away from that. Uh, but I understand prepping for it, especially because like this time last year, I understood probably like I understood intellectually Q4, mm -hmm. right? I understood. I know that it was the last three months of the year. I know uh, for businesses, it's an important time for them, especially for retail. It's probably more uh, significant for retail than, than other businesses in that uh, a lot of retail chains actually run uh, in the red. They're they're not making money yet. Isn't that crazy? Most of the year, right? That, that's just crazy to me. But it's reality. Yeah, and and it, and it's because you know their their budget system and and the way it kind of works is different than ours. They know how much they're going to make in a year, uh, as opposed to like they're just they're not trying to make ends meet every week, right? And so they know that in the year they're going to have a certain volume of sales, and a vast majority of those sales, or at least a significant amount of those sales, come in a small window, right? In a couple of months mm -hmm. there. And so I know that going into Q4, right? Like I knew that last year, I understood that it was important. And as resellers, it's significant to us too, right? Because yeah, agreed. And, and the thing is, it, it means different things to different people. I will say, and I just remember while you're saying this, that quarter four for Amazon really didn't take off. And at least this is my experience till like December 1st, right? Because I remember last year, remember I, you kept asking like, when are sales hitting? Now, sales were hitting. It's not like sales didn't just, you know, start rising right away. I mean, I would say by probably end of August, you saw a pickup on eBay in September. And then in October, you really saw the pickup. But you didn't really see the major pickup till December. But it is something that you definitely want to have everything in order. And you definitely want to have things in place so you could take advantage of it. You know, there's some people that we've talked about this before. Like, they make... Their money, not only in retail, but in reselling from Q4 for the entire year. Yeah. I mean, it's going to sustain. You figure you, you probably, hopefully, if you're doing things right, you're making a profit all year long. But Q4 is such a significant difference in the amount of profit that you make that it allows you to build that capital for reinvestment next year. It allows you to, um, you know, if you took any kind of debt on while you're buying uh, inventory or anything to uh, kind of cover those costs, all of those things. And last year... I knew about Q4. Um, I kind of felt like we talked about it too much. And I think the reason I felt like that is because I was still a new reseller, right? Like I didn't understand. We talked about it a lot. Yeah, we, we did. And I think, I think um, you know, to the average person, it's like, okay, Q4, Q4, and maybe even for some resellers. But, but I've noticed even just this being my second year into it, like I know so much more about what I need to be doing and preparing and organizing and mm -hmm. all of that for Q4 because I don't want to let that small window pass. No, I agree. And it's one of those things that I want to, you know, I've always set up for Q4, but I really want to be intentional because I, even last year I felt like I was ready, but I wasn't ready. And, you know, each passing year, you know, a lot more than the previous year. Plus it's kind of interesting, the economy, right? We were kind of, I think we were in this, I think a few episodes were like, all right, the recession, remember we kept talking about recession. As of right now, all yeah. that's gone. Yeah, it looks like, I mean, we may get another another Q4 with with continued growth, right? Which is a good thing for us. So, um, you know, does that last forever? No, right? Like, it's not necessary. No, not forever, but it might be a little bit longer. Yeah, it's not necessary. And that's, that's important to realize, too, is that this Q4, I mean, what it's going to look like, nobody can know for sure. But if, if the economy continues the way it's going, this Q4 is looking like it should be a really, really good one. Mm -hmm. Now, do we know about 2020 Q4? Absolutely not, right? No. Like, that's a long yeah. way away. Yeah. Do you know about 2021 Q4? You don't. So the, the thing is, we want to capitalize on the two or three month window that we have this year as much as possible. No, and I so I think it, it is probably a good idea to be talking about it now, even though 
<laughs> Even though you know, we just finished talking about beautiful. summer slowdown like a month ago, which it's still summer slowdown still a reality. But and we we're in July, so you know we'll talk about an up or an update episode. But I'm really interested how things are going to look in July, right? Because July to me is I don't know if it's the peak of summer slowdown, but you still feel it. And by August, you start seeing these sales happening. You're like, oh, this is what it feels like to resell consistently. All right. So very first thing. And again, some of these things we're going to talk about are things we all should be doing year round. It's not like a mystery to us. Like, hey, you should be organized. But I think right now, right, if there's ever a time to be organized, it's definitely huge. So would you say you're a lot more organized now, like you're prepped more for a Q4 than when you were last year? Or are there things you need to do? Yeah, no, there's actually a lot I need to do um, kind of coming up towards Q4. And I think one of the best ways of me thinking about that is, okay, so think about my your, your normal life, right? Like everybody's okay. different. There are some people who are like really, really organized all the time. I know for me and a lot of people that I know, organization kind of goes in waves right? Like you get, um, you get the motivation, you get inspired, you do the spring cleaning, you get everything organized and, and it lasts for a while. And then slowly over time, you know, things start to junk builds up and things starts to get a little bit out of control. And then you got to reorganize again. Right. And so I think it's important to figure out where you're at right now. And you might have a system that's running really smooth, but maybe it's not as optimized as it could be. Right. And so now's the time to work out those kinks so that even if you're only running 2% or 5% uh, more efficiently come Q4, that's going to make a significant difference, right? And so you don't want to be working out those kinks Q4 when your velocity of sales is just out of control. You want to work that stuff out now. Yeah, you don't want to lose time. I mean, one of the biggest moves I made a year ago was I paid somebody to help put all my inventory into a letter and number system, right? That was huge because... Before that, and I know I'm not the only one guilty. I know there are many listeners right now that they started off with maybe a tote or two totes. And then now they have like 10, but they don't know. Like when something sells, they got to search through those totes. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. At least I hope I wasn't the only one. But what ended, ended up happening, I got fed up. So I don't know if you remember last year, I had a few instances where something sold and it took me like an hour to find something. And I'm like, that's an hour I lost that I could have been listing I could have been sourcing. I could have been packing. So if you multiply that, you know, by let's say that happens with 10 items, that's like 10 hours, right? And on top of that, the other item that I, I really want to work on organizing is, and by the way, let me let me take a step backwards. Uh, a lot of people have DMs. Have you seen those DMs? People asking us like, how do you guys should talk about organizing? So I will say we're not, I don't think I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I say I can share with you what I do. I'm not saying it's the best system. But the easiest system for me is, you know, on eBay, we've talked about this before. They have the custom SKU label, right? You use those now, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you go to your listing, there's some that says custom SKU label, and you can put whatever you need to put so you know where it's at, whether that be closet one, whether that be under bed, whether it be dining room table, or that, you know, for me, it's like, you know, it's tote AA, tote JJ, tote 13, you know, shelf eight, whatever it is make sure you have that in place and make sure that now you do that. Because one of the best things that happened to me was when I was busy sourcing for Q4 for Amazon, you know, especially when it was like very intense in November and December was things sold on eBay. It literally took me seconds to find what I needed to find. And every once in a while, there'd be something that ended up getting lost, but it didn't take too long to find that item. So that was a big deal. Yeah. And I think too, like just talking about like, okay, um, it's easy. It's easy for a lot of people, um, myself included, not not necessarily with reselling, but just in life to um, go from organized to unorganized. Like that's the natural path of things. If you're not if you're not vigilant about like keeping up with organization, things go from good to worse, right? Like mm -hmm. things don't get better on their own. You have to to keep them there. And so that aside, there are some people who who they deal with that, but then there are other people who are are very efficient with their organization currently. Um, you know, we've even gotten some messages like that, like you know, like well. You sh it shouldn't take you an hour to find something. And mm -hmm. that's true. It, it, it shouldn't. No, um, it shouldn't. Uh, but the truth is, too, scale matters, right? And, yep. and, and what is very efficient when you've got 100 items in your store might not be efficient with 500. And point. that might not be efficient once you have 1,000, right? So just because you have a system that is, quote, unquote, efficient 
doesn't mean it's the most efficient or the best. And so uh, we're doing a big move. We're moving our entire eBay stuff uh, to another location. And during that process, we're going to have to rethink everything, right? So um, currently, you know, we've got things organized a certain way, but now that we have so, so many more items, that organization system is going to have to change. And, and you might not have the space to build in, well, like, here's my shelf for shoes. If you only have one tote, it might not make sense to have a whole empty shelf for shoes, right? But six months down the road, you might have enough shoes that now you have to, instead of having totes everywhere, reorganize your system. So um, you got to be careful with that. You got to be wise about how you're doing it. Try and prepare for um, for scalability, right? Mm-hmm. Where you want to be and kind of ask yourself like, okay, do I have room to grow and how will how will my, my system change? Because one issue with the custom SKU labels is it's it's difficult to mass change stuff. Right. That is so true. that is true. So if you're doing bin number, bin number is very efficient. Uh, but if you're doing bin and shelf number, well, like I said, if you only had one tote of shoes mm-hmm. and then six months later, now you got four totes of shoes. Well, now you've got shoes on shelf one, yep. rack one, and now you got shoes on rack four, shelf two, and now you got shoes. So then it might be efficient to now move everything to one rack, one shelf, mm-hmm. but now your custom SKUs are different. Right. And so you got to think about even that, right? So there, there's a lot that goes into, and and you do have to spend time to organize. Like it, you do. it takes time. I And it's one of the things I really, I'm not a fan, you know, and luckily, you know, eBay has improved their seller hub, right? So it's kind of easy that you can just write there on the page. Remember before you used to have to hit edit and you had to go through the item and then submit. Now you can just hit edit from the very front of the page and you can change them. But it's so, I, I can tell you, you know, you think of, you get pretty annoyed, right? I get pretty annoyed. Like, you know, I, I will have, you know, let's say 40 pairs of shoes listed, photographed, bagged, ready to be put away. And then they'll just sit there in the Ikea bag. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to take this to the storage unit because then I have to sit in the storage unit. And well, my Wi-Fi is not that great. I have to use the hotspot. And then I have to, you know, take the time. But I got to tell you, spending those few minutes is so valuable later on. So valuable later on. And I would say you can't shortchange organizing because in the end, like just think of the anxiety you will get when you lose an item and it's the middle of Q4, you have multiple sales. And those of you that are selling on multiple platforms, that's going to be even more difficult because then what if, what if you have to pull an item too? Or what if you have an item that's sold on Posh and something that's sold on eBay or something that's sold on Mercari? So organization is huge. So you also got to have systems about Hey, how are you going to pull listings if you have multiple platforms? Is something you've thought about? Yeah, and in fact, we we tend to use the eBay uh, custom SKU as our organization system. Okay. Uh, and so when something sells on Poshmark, we look on eBay, and right before we take it off of eBay, we check what the custom SKU is, get okay. the item, and then take it down off of eBay, right? So if you're okay. cl- cross-posting... Um, now, certain platforms have... I mean, because I, I, mean, I don't use Mercari, so I don't know, like, is it easy to mark on Mercari, like they have a custom SKU option. I don't know. But if you're cross-posting, you can utilize that eBay custom SKU as your organization system across multiple platforms. So interesting because that is something I really didn't use to the last year. And it's it's just one, <laughs> one space in the listing, but it's so key. It is such a time saver. So I know many of you have already been using it for a while, but if you haven't, now is the time. Now, another piece of organization is your shipping supplies. I think, again, this is one of those where when things are, you know, ramping up a Q4, last thing you want to do is like, oh, I don't have this box or I don't have this air jacket or I'm being out of tape is like the worst. Mm. Or, or, you know, depending on what you use to print, like I use those uh, two, those, uh, what do you call those? You know, those sticky labels for labels, which I know I should get a thermal printer. still haven't got the thermal printer. No, not yet. No, no, no. no. But but anyway, (laughs) maybe by Q4. You, it'll it'll save you a significant amount of time. Okay, with with all that being said, I I can't tell you not. So now I have I actually have a whole shed that is basically all my shipping supplies. So I spend literally, I would say five seconds. Once I know what sells, I I take my phone, I look at what the items are, and I go, okay, I need this box, I need this air jacket, I need I need a you know this poly mailer over here, I need bubble wrap here i need packing paper here and it's all in one location i would say you know one of the hardest things for me and and again maybe it's just me but as reselling got bigger i would just get packing supplies and i literally would just like shove them in a corner no rhyme or reason i just 
or I would shove them in a closet or I'd shove them somewhere where I didn't have to see them. And then when things sold, I'm like, okay, where's that paper? Where's that box? And my setup right now, it, you know, it works for me. So what I did is I have one trash can. Now these are brand new trash cans. One trash can that is all packing paper that I get from people that say have packing materials. Another one is all uh, air pillows. Another one is, you know, all kind of like miscellaneous kind of packing materials. So I don't have to go, okay, where is this? Where is that? Like it literally is seconds and I have all my packing materials together. So do you have something set up like that too? Yeah. Um, I, I kind of have, we have like an assembly line set up. So okay, that's right. I remember hearing about this. Yeah. So we have, we have kind of in different bins next to our desk. We have like, um, just imagine like shelf bins this is a cheap Ikea yeah. thing. And in each bin in order of how we pack items are, are the stuff, right? So in one of the containers, we've got our tape. Uh, in another container, we've got um, like pins and markers and stuff like that that we can yeah. use once we take measurements and our tape measures there. Uh, then we've got our scale, which we keep in the drawer too, uh, along with, you know, the eBay tape if we want to use for like the, the decoration. But you have like a space set aside for shipping. Yeah, it's so, not like all over the place. No, like yeah, and, and we, we needed to do that. And, and even with boxes, right? So, you know, the smaller boxes can go underneath our desk, kind of over to the side and bigger boxes, they take up more space. So you got to walk to the other side of the garage, but we know where they're at, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that it's, we try to make it as efficient as possible. Um, and that, that's something that's going to take a little bit of time too, is to kind of work out your workflow. Um, if you're, if you're spending a bunch of time looking for, for shipping supplies, that's, it's, that would be terrible. It'd be awful. You're losing time. <laughs> but it's it happens. It's frustrating, you know, and, and we've all been there with different aspects of reselling. And the thing you want to do is you're your own boss, right? So you're also your own employee. And you are the only one that can make your job easier you for yourself. You yourself up and stuff? Like. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> if you're frustrated with, yeah. with something that's within your control. That's you a can't, terrible feeling. You can't go to management and say, like, you know, point the finger at somebody else. It's you. But man. do you grasp how terrible of a feeling that is? Like, It's terrible, but it's also freeing. No, right? no, no. It, it, that's, that's, well, that's the two-edged sword of being an independent mm -hmm. business owner. It's kind of like you have no one to blame. Yep. Like it's on you. Like, yeah, you could say, hey, you know, this store closed by this time. I couldn't get these boxes or, I, you know, the post office, you know, they take too long to ship my free shipping, free shipping supplies. But ultimately, it's on you. Yeah. Like, and that's that's the, and I would say with the USPS free shipping supply. So if you have no idea what I'm talking about. If you go to USPS.com, you go to the store, you can get free shipping supplies. But. Do you know that during Q4, like sometimes there's a delay because there's a lot of people ordering that stuff and uh, you want to make sure you have an ample supply. It's better to have more than less. And you can always return stuff back to the post office after Q4 if you don't use them. Yeah. Now, one thing I didn't think about last year, which I think is going to be big this year is I have three different kinds of tape. Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you've got your your regular clear tape, you've got your eBay tape, and then you got your post post office tape, right? Yeah, the priority tape. Nice. Right. So I didn't think about this last year, but now I make sure that I have enough rolls of priority tape. Now we, we shared about this. I think it was, I don't know how many podcasts ago we talked about what we use. And so you can, you know, call the post office and see if they'll get you a roll. You can swing by. I mean, it's, there's no tried and true. I, I kind of feel bad. Like some people tell me, oh, Orlando, it's easy. Some other people tell me, I go to my post office and think I'm crazy. Like they're not going to give me any, but Think of the money you're saving. Like I probably would say, I'm just going to throw a random number. It's very arbitrary, but I think it's pretty true. I would say probably 80% of the packages that I sell over Q4 are priority. That's a lot of tape I go through, right? And then Amazon, right? All the boxes I'm shipping out. Now, I personally, it sounds strange, but I do like using eBay tape for my Amazon boxes. <laughs> but, you know, you have if you have a store subscription, right? You can, if you have, you know, I, I believe it's the basic and higher you have that those coupons. And so now is the time to get that eBay tape uh, so you can use it effectively. And then make sure like, you know, Costco or wherever you get your I like it my Costco, the scotch tape, but find that time of year when it's off like seven or $8. And I usually end up buying, I think like 20, I think it come in eight packs or something like that. Right. And if you think about it, 20 times seven, that's $140 that I'm saving. So you got to prepare. You got to be organized way ahead of time. Yeah, And remember in the link below, we have a, a list of like all of the stuff that we get off Amazon. So different tapes, poly bags, 
uh, that kind of stuff. So if you're interested, even even like the dimensions on eBay of what size boxes that we like, yeah. right, for different hey, things. The twelve by ten by eight boxes back. Oh. Did, you, did you notice? Should that? we like? Should we like throw a party? That was a big deal for me. And it, here's what was special about that: people DM me and said, "Hey, Orlando, your favorite boxes back." That meant a lot to me. That means you guys actually listen to our podcast and you recognize what I like. That that seriously, I read that. I'm like, that's legit. That's legit. And sure, I went. I got my twelve by ten by eight. I love those boxes. Let me share you why, real quick. Number one, I use for hats. I use the ten by eight by six. But sometimes you have those hats that are a little bit bigger. Like sometimes you can put a cowboy hat in a in a twelve by ten by eight box, and it fits just fine. And it, there's like these other like awkward, like they don't fit in the smaller box, but you don't want to get too big, especially with especially now with those dimensional shipping changes that happened. So to me, the ten, maybe that's why eBay released the 12 by 10 by eight boxes, but man, they're just, they're so nice. I mean, seriously, it's, I can't, I can't wait for them to arrive. You're like, it's going to be Christmas for you. Like just a, just you're going to get a box of boxes and you're going to be excited about it. Yes. Like just, that's when you know you're a reseller. <laughs> <laughs> when, when literally your box is full of other boxes. Yeah. That's, that's when you're there a reseller. You and you, I can't tell you how many times the eBay box that boxes ship in has saved me when it's like, I don't That's have a right. box I've for this item. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness, the eBay box, not one of the ones I bought, but the one they shipped it in is perfect okay, for this item. Before you go down that road though, isn't it crazy? Like the box that eBay uses to ship the boxes. Like it literally looks like it's like people like started doing like off the top rope jumping jumps on them, <laughs> right? Is that how your box looks? Sometimes. Like it's this massive box and it's just like, boom, just dropped in front of your place. And you're like, and the box is like kind of open and somewhere torn over here. And you're like, first of all, where are these boxes coming from? Like, I'm sure we could research and find out because they get, they get here pretty quick. I would say like a day or two. The other thing is like, I guess they're not too concerned of damage because you can't damage boxes, boxes in a box, Yeah, but it's just kind of funny. And they're massive. Like if my kids were smaller, these would be like forts, you know, you can create anyways, I'm getting nostalgic here. I guess it depends on what size box you get. Because I I haven't gotten any big enough to be a fort yet. Oh no, I get these massive, probably half the size of this table, and it's literally all the boxes are in there. And I kind of feel like if I lifted the box too high, everything would fall out from the bottom. Really? Yeah. Uh, so you, when you order different size boxes, they all come in one box? Yeah. Huh. Mine all come in separate boxes. No, my, it's like now I've had the separate boxes, but lately it's been like just this massive box with all these boxes inside. And then, yeah, there are those nice shaped boxes that definitely help you back. Boxes. They're important. All right. The last piece of organization, and this is the organization that I want to talk about. This is the one I, I'm not a fan of, is bookkeeping for Q4. Like prepping ahead of time. This is what I mean. So my goal, probably in the next week or two, is to have all my bookkeeping caught up for, and, and a lot of it has to be already, <laughs> like you have quarterly taxes to pay. But what I'm talking about is like, I think with, Quarterly taxes, you know, you're kind of making a, an educated guess, right, to a certain point. But, you know, there's so much that's entailed in all of that. It's from, you know, your mileage to, you know, your cost of goods sold. And, you know, and I'm not giving any tax advice here at all. We never do. Legal disclaimer. Pure's podcast does not give any tax advice. But, you know, Knowing that, okay, how many items did I have at the beginning of the year? How many items do I have now? And how many items have sold? Like, that's a big deal. And I got to tell you, Q4 runs away with me. Like, the, the first, for me, the first, and I'm trying to make this better this next time, but the first two or three weeks of January are miserable for me because I got to backtrack everything. And, and this year, uh, I will have my IQ. I've had it since January. So I'm not, in, you know, we're not, sponsored not yet by my like you and there's other apps out there but my like you runs in the background and i will say there's a few weeks where i don't do anything with it and then i go and i'm like oh and i just swipe right if it's business i think left if, i can't remember then i have to, some catching up to do but it's there like i'm not playing these guessing games because i will tell you my guess is if i haven't been up to date on my bookkeeping i'm probably losing money than if i ever were to make things up that make sense? Mm. So that's a huge key. And the other key is also knowing, you know, capital. Like how much capital are you going to have? Right. And that's the next part we're going to talk about is sourcing. Is 
you want to make sure that you have your, all your bookkeeping in order. So you actually know how much money do I have to spend on capital? How much do I want to spend? So then when Q4 comes, you know, there are those times where I would say I dipped and no major times I dipped into the credit card, you know, when things happen and I kind of, not that I didn't have an option, but it was kind of like, it was easy money. Like, so I had to drop, you know, whatever thousands I had to drop on a certain product. But at other times, I wish I was more disciplined because if I was more disciplined, I wouldn't have lost the money I lost at Q4. So talk about sourcing a little bit here. That's good stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think as we, we break into sourcing um, and even talking about organizing, what I mentioned and, and what you said could be so terrible about reselling of, of you're your own boss, right? There's nobody you're answerable to is the good side of that is you're also in control of your success, right? You're in control of your ability to do well, your ability, your organization that leads to more money in your pocket, sourcing right, which is going to lead to more money in your pocket. Uh, and the quote of the week today. Oh, totally forgot about do, this do, thing. Do. It's like the worst segue, but I'm doing it. Um, so here's a good quote. Tell All me right. if you know where this comes from. Okay. Oh, great. You're going to put this on the spot. You know, we don't edit these podcasts. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, I'm the one I, that, I know. that puts I, it together. The so. them. All right. All right. Okay. So um, here's the quote. Success means accomplishments as the result of our own efforts and abilities. You're asking me where did that come from? I mean, just give a, a guess. What do you think? Where did that come from? You got to, you got to. All right. You know, that's, I know that's a little rough. Okay. You got to tell me if it's a political figure. Is it a business figure? Is it, it it comes from a, it comes from a a really good book on finance. Oh, the richest man in Babylon. The richest man in Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. So this actually comes from the forward. So maybe that exact quote, word word for word, word word. success means accomplishments as the result of our own efforts and abilities. It was kind of the introduction to the book. So I don't, you know, Um, (laughs) I did read it. Yeah. Yeah. That everybody, you know, different introductions to different versions are different. That is true. But I think that that's a good idea of, of you know, to define success, right? And so if you don't know what we're talking about with The Richest Man in Babylon, uh, coming up on July 14th, we are doing a, uh, a book review. It's something we're going to be doing every other week where we're going to take part of a book. Uh, we are going to kind of connect it to reselling and connect it to your daily life, right? Like what you can do to improve. And so we're reading through The Richest Man in Babylon on July 14th about half-ish of the book. Yeah. We're reading up through the part where it's the seven, uh, basically the seven rules for building wealth or to the seven making rem- your, The last part is called the seven remedies. The seven remedies to a lean purse is the actual, <laughs> basically what it means. So if you haven't read the book, it's it's just, let me give you a little context, right? So remember, the the author is using principles, like he's, it's based like in, you have to read it, but based in Mesopotamia about how somebody became wealthy. Right. And so some of the language you're using is tied into the book. So if you feel a little lost, picking up the book will definitely give you a better understanding. Yeah. So but all of that to say um, it, it's a great book. And I love that it kind of started off by defining this idea of success, because that's something we're all trying to do. And I think we all want to have a successful Q4. And so thinking about organization, it's one of those things like if you were to tell me like today we're going to talk about organizing, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, wah, wah, wah. Yeah. yeah. But. I mean, this this quote right here, success means the accomplishments as a result of our own efforts and abilities. And so that's what we want, right? Like we want to accomplish things. We got to pick what it is we want to accomplish. We want to have a successful Q4. We want to make more money. And the only way it's going to happen is by our own efforts and abilities, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I just think about that with the organization and with going into um there's so sourcing. much I want to say. Because sourcing so much is the fun part. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the book, though. I know. Uh, but everything you're saying right now, there's certain quotes that are coming to mind. Oh. That I just want to share. Yeah. So, so okay. Well, tune in. Tune in. July 14th. Uh, you don't have to read the book. Um, if you want to read it, you can feel free to, you know, read up through so you can follow along with yeah, us. Link is at the bottom. But if you don't want to read it, don't worry about it. Still listen to the episode because it has got some incredible things that that could be life altering in your personal finances and definitely in business finance as well. And so. we're all learning together, by the way. Yeah. All learning together. Hey, by the way, this is a perfect opportunity following up with your quote of the week. That's a good quote of the week, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. Was it successful? Based it, off my abilities and efforts. Yes, because you've planned appropriately okay. for the podcast. All right, but hey, if you haven't had a chance yet and you're listening to our podcast, you haven't seen us on YouTube, hey, jump on over to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the bell notification. Sometimes we drop uh, items on YouTube that are on the podcast. And if you haven't had a chance yet to follow us on Instagram, we're always trying to drop knowledge uh, consistently every day, multiple times a day at Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Pure Hustle Podcast on Facebook, Pure Hustle Cast on Twitter. 
If you ever want to give us a call about anything, uh, share with us your hustle of the week or, you know, an interesting story and so on. Sometimes we may play those on air. You can give us a call 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170. Or if you want to leave us an email, you can reach us at purehustlepodcast at gmail.com. And below when I mean links, so the link to the book is below with all the other items on our YouTube. That's why if you're listening to the podcast, and you want to get access to these links, just jump on over to the YouTube. And hey, I haven't checked it, but I should check right now. I'm wondering how many reviews we're at on our podcast. I really want to know because our hope is that we can get to over 100 just because, you know, the more reviews are on there, the more we can, you know, share this with other people, drop that information. And so we're at 97. Wow. At the time of this podcast. So if, you know, some of you could just take a few moments and just write some positive reviews. <laughs> so that, that would be great. Uh, but man, I gotta look each of the reviews. You know what I love about, and we shared this a little bit is that they're like specific, like, you know, people are listening, right? right. It's not like awesome. Right. Or, you know, 100, it's like well thought out sentences and paragraphs. So, Thank you guys so much for writing those. We really appreciate it. And hey, share the podcast, share the YouTube with others. Uh, just as somebody's just looking for, you know, a part-time side hustle to make just a little bit of money over the month, just to maybe cover a date night or cover a vacation or just cover the bills. Hey, we're here to help. So I think that's about everything. And last of all, if you ever want to say in a monetarily, monetarily, monetary way, thank you for the information you shared. We do have a PayPal link at the bottom. And thank you so much for those of you that, have donated, whether it be, you know, from $1 to 10 to even more that we've had in the past. We always appreciate it. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Speaking of which, you know what my favorite part of reselling is? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I'm I waiting. It's super cheesy, right? No. So I'm trying to segue back in. So my favorite part of reselling, just like you're talking about, is the making money, right? And having that expendable income to go on date nights and stuff like that. Yeah. My second favorite part of reselling is sourcing. I love sourcing. Yeah. So how does I sourcing? That, I think everyone does. Yeah. What? And I mean, you like the sales, but you like it when you find that good stuff. Yeah. Sourcing is the best, man. So how does sourcing look different? And, and, and I ask because, you know, last year I have some crazy Q4 sourcing stories um, from last year, but I still think, you know, I was trying to source the same way I was sourcing year round. Like how does sourcing look different Q4? Well, I think there's two, two avenues of sourcing for Q4. I think there's the sourcing in Q4 that you can't do until Q4, right? So there's like the hot item, there's the hot toy. That's why I'm saying it's very important to have capital. Like, I think that's a big deal, right? And then, oh, you know what? I'm going to rewind this a little bit. Can, right. I re can I rewind? Hey, one thing I didn't mention, if you're selling on Amazon, right? And you want to do, Am you know, you're doing Amazon FBA or you have done Amazon FBA, there's also merchant fulfillment. Right. Where it's you store the items kind of like eBay and you ship it out. Do remember that you should be selling toys right now because I think it's in August or September or some point in time. That's when they close that gate for people that haven't. So I will tell you, I missed out on some money last year because I wasn't organizing that. And the fact that there were items that they lost value from the point of me sourcing them to them getting to the warehouse. Right. And so you want to be able to sell those merchant fulfilled items. And so you want to make sure that you're doing that now. So I just, it's part of sourcing because, you know, we're going to talk about sourcing in Q4, but just make sure you're taking care of that now. So it doesn't surprise you later on. I had to drop that. Sorry. Good stuff. All right. So sourcing for Q4, here's a few things you need. I would say now there's two ways. One is right now in the middle of July, people aren't. And I, I know that we talk about like stuff sells year round, but not all stuff sells really well, right? We shared them the eBay, eBay mm -hmm. podcast, remember? Mm -hmm. We talked about Patagonia and so on that, you know, July isn't like a hot month for those items, but November, December is. And right now is a time to source those, let's say, winter items or those items that right now people are, you know, whether it be thrift stores, if, if do we, when's the last time we went to a thrift store? I go pretty regularly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to ask though, so you mentioned that. So like, obviously there's winter items, like certain coats are going to start, you know, increasing, mm -hmm. um, ski boots, even jeans. Yeah. Like they're, they're items that are going to go up, but because the majority of the items that I sell are used, right? Like used mm -hmm. market. 
And I know that come Christmas time, there's certain like the really, really unique collectible used stuff mm-hmm. uh, tends to do okay because people are buying it for Christmas presents. Yeah. But I feel like the other than that, the used market dips a little bit, especially around that time. So are there specific used items? Like what would you say for me if since most of what I okay. do is used? Well, before we go to that, I would say there are certain used items that aren't. So you're talking about like gift related items. Well, right. I, because we're, that's we're part of Q4, Q4. Yeah. right? Yeah. I, I was going to refer a little bit about kind of like everyday wear items, right? So just some things to think about, whether it be jackets or sweaters, all the items that right now you can get really on the cheap. Like right now is the time to source them. And, and and make sure you do your research. I would say make sure you do your Terapeak research so you can kind of know when, you know, the market hits on certain items because you don't want to go and go, I'm going to pick up this sweater and this one and this one. No, no, you don't want to go down that road. You want to, you know, you want to be very intentional on your research on Terapeak for the year so you know, okay, I know that these items, so let's say you're talking about Mountain Hardware or let's say you're talking about some other name brands. Okay, when do these sell well? during q4 now when we talk about gift items and we sh- we've shared this before but i would say now is the time to source items that are very gift related so let me give you an example so last year i don't know, do you remember when i went into the tommy bahama store like mm-hmm. i went to the retail store mm-hmm. and i picked up i want to say 10 to 15 uh, baseball shirts tommy bahama shirts and they're on clearance and it was because it's getting the end of baseball season and Tommy was moving their items. And I remember a lot of people, I put a poll on Instagram and most people were like, yeah, you're going to lose money on those. But see, I wasn't thinking at that moment. I was thinking long-term. So I knew, you know, come November, right? People are going to go. And remember, you want to have your stuff listed by, no, I would say not even November. You want to have your stuff listed before October, right? So if you, when you're sourcing now, right? Now is the time, you know, you want to beat summer slowdown. So you want to list as much as you can consistently every day. But at the same time, you also want to list thinking long-term thing, knowing that, hey, I want these items in my store when October hits. And so, because, you know, there's some people, do you know some people that shop early? Yeah, uh, my wife. Okay. <laughs> like, how early are we talking about? Early, man. We get Christmas done like months and months in advance. Okay. So, and I'm referring to eBay. I'll talk a little bit about what I mean by Amazon because I... I have my own thoughts about Amazon and having stuff sent into the warehouse, but that, that's in a little bit here. So, you know, those baseball items that I picked up, I was thinking long-term. So I got them, I listed them, and they took about three months to sell. I mean, it, you know, it, I think I picked them up, I want to say late July, early August, and I sold them in November and December. And there are items that I, you know, picked up for 40, 50 that sold for like 150, 180, 130, but I knew long term. So you want to get very kind of, I would say, think about gifts that are unique in that sense, right? So we've talked about sports related theme items. Uh, I want to say a lot of new with tag items so well, right? You're right about the dip market. I think last year we were a little hesitant about that, remember? Mm-hmm. But you would say for you, the used market was, was kind of rough. Towards the end of the Yeah, floor. specifically. You still sold stuff. Yeah, specifically around Christmas time for like used clothing. Cause, you know, it, that's a weird thing because there's times where I pick up items from a garage sale that are like really, really nice, like a nice North Face jacket, right? Yeah. Or like sweater. And it, it's like pristine condition. It's used. And someone's birthday is coming up. I'm like, oh, this would be perfect for them. But then you just know, like, I can't give them something used yeah. for their birthday, yeah. right? There's this like stigma about used items. So people will, they're going to buy new, right? You're right. Because I've gotten two messages in the last two weeks. And I'm not saying it's because my pictures are awesome. My pictures still need work. But both of times I've had canceled transactions. They're like, oh, I thought it was new, but it's used. Sorry. I'm giving this as a gift. Yeah. Right. So definitely something to think about, right? That, yes, used market will work for like everyday items. But if you're thinking specifically like Q4, the things that will get top dollar, you got to think of new, new items. So when I say sourcing, maybe sourcing maybe at outlets. You know what I mean? Or maybe at garage sales, if you can find those new tag items, or maybe, you know, at thrift stores, the struggle saying that with new tag items. But I will say a lot of the items that I saw on Q4 that were brand new, they came from, I would say, outlets or Marshalls or TD Maxx. And the reason I have no problem sharing these stores are all over Instagram. Yeah. People used to not share those, but it is what it is. It, now. It's out. Yeah. <laughs> We wanted to take a quick moment to thank our sponsors for this episode. 
and another thing too is if you are and everybody's inventory looks different right mm -hmm. so like the advice that i give and or the advice that orlando gives is only going to apply insofar that it, it connects to the way you resell so um my inventory like the the mix of it is like a lot of of used shoes a lot of used clothes a lot of used hard goods and some really weird hard good collectible stuff right <laughs> And and so yes, yeah, so there is a dip in like the used shoe, used clothing market. That that whole section kind of goes down come November, December. However, those really weird collectible stuff that have been taken up shelving space that I've got listed for over a hundred dollars, that stuff tends to magically sell around Christmas time, right? Oh, so I agree. so it it ends up balancing it itself out. So like I'm not selling as many used shoes. But I'm selling that weird stuff that's like, I didn't think that was ever going to sell, mm -hmm. but it sold for a ton of money, mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, just being kind of aware of that and knowing that it's going to change. So don't be afraid. If you're if you're kind of hesitant at picking up the kind of weird collectible stuff um, or the unique stuff, or maybe you've got it sitting for a while and you thought maybe this is a bad buy, hey, maybe Q4 will be when it sells because people do like new attack clothing items. But if it's that rare Humphrey Bogart statue, oh, I right? I remember that, yeah. You know? You sold it for a hundred bucks. You paid what two dollars? No, it was more than a hundred. I think I sold it for. I can't remember how much. It was. It was quite a bit. I remember you paid like two bucks. Oh, speaking of which, I sold that uh, that Microsoft hat. Oh, I, I did see that. Forty nine ninety nine. That's the one you put in the dishwasher. Yep, put it in the dishwasher. In fact, I originally had it up for like twenty nine dollars, and after I washed it in the dishwasher and it came out so clean, I was like, I'm up in the price on this. Nice. And I got it. You ever wonder if you could have sold it for ninety nine ninety nine? No, I I think I got top dollar. I mean, it's possible I could have got more, but we also talk about like now that's that's money that I'm buying more capital or more inventory. So no, I get it. You know, I get it. I, I feel good. Maybe, maybe, maybe four years from now, I might've gotten 99, you know, okay. but $50 today is worth more than, than another $50 four years from now. Okay. You know? And that's a philosophy you got to think about. I'm more of like, I'd wait four years from the 99, <laughs> but you know, Mike is, you know, you're still, you're not new, but you're still building your store. Yeah. And, and yeah. space is important too. Like ideally if I could get, if I could get all of my inventory to flip in three months, but I'm making 40, 30% less, might be worth it. Right. Yeah. No, I hear if you're, that. if you're, if yeah. your velocity goes way up, so yeah, you got to find that balance. But that's something you got to think about when you're sourcing is you got to have capital set aside to source in Q4 and you got to have capital set aside to source now. Yeah. I think that's huge. Cause again, I've, I mentioned this before. You don't want to, you know, there's there's a hot item and you, for some reason, wherever you're located in the country, like you can go to, let's say, Walmart and that item is everywhere. Like no one knows about it. Right. But us in San Diego, any hot item is gone. Like before I even think about it, before I even find out, it's pretty much gone. But you might be in a part of the country where you can find it. So that's another thing about sourcing. Right. You got to make sure you have money to source now and later. Now, I do want to say about used items when sourcing, there are certain things that year-round, <laughs> say year-round, still do well, but they go for more in Q4, right? So I'll give you an example. So, you know, satin starter jackets. So, and I don't know, this might not be hot in a few months, but I know that satin starter jackets, like right now, you could, depending on the team, you could get anywhere, you know, you may be able to source it for 10 bucks, 20 bucks maybe 30, depending if you go to the store that shall not be named, maybe more, but you could get maybe a hundred bucks right now. Right. But come Q4, like you may be able to get to 150, maybe even more. Right. Cause if your item is unique and somebody wants, you know, to buy that item, say, Hey, Merry Christmas. I appreciate you. Like they're getting, you know, they're thinking about that Christmas morning and opening that box. They may be willing to spend a little more. So think about that. This is why I know we sound like we're like sponsored by Terry. Terry, if you're listening, we're here for you. <laughs> but that year data is so valuable because yeah. then you really get to understand like when you should, you know, raise your prices. And so when you're sourcing for Q4, I got two eBay notifications. You sold some stuff? Nope. First one was my 12 by 10 by 8 box is on its way. Nice. The other one is a Harley thing that they're lowballing me on, so right. I'm not too happy about. So, that. Um, if you if you want though, you could you know just go ahead and put your phone on silent while we're 
doing yeah, our podcast. Yeah, but hey, you all understand we got to be real. Like we we got, we get, we have to we have to still this is our living still. That's true. So, um yeah, no that that that's true and I think um you know specifically with that, if you can do that research and and I would never recommend nothing but speculation, right? Speculation yeah. alone as your source of of income is very very dangerous. However, knowing that with that example and 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 you should find your own like you might find a market that that is not being touched for that if you find that there are things selling for less right now on eBay than they're going to sell for in December maybe even source there right mm-hmm. do some sourcing knowing that hey people are undercharging they're undervaluing this because of the time of year it is right i might be able to pick up on eBay or on craigslist items for much cheaper and then in a few months, they're going to sell for significantly more. And think of the amount of work you put in for that. Now, you know, I'll use that set an example, just, you know, since that's the one we're already talking about. Let's say you find a 49ers satin starter jacket or, or mm-hmm. whatever on eBay right now for $89. And that's about what they're selling for. I've seen them for like 50. All right. So let's say you buy, you buy six of them over the next couple of months. Yeah. Then you list them for 150 And if they sell, let's say you sell four of the six you bought for that price. And then you break even on the other two because they don't end up selling. Like, you come out ahead. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'll buy one of them maybe, but <laughs> that's something you got. Now, example, the the right now, the Connor Alpha I just sent. So I have this Harley item. I think I've talked about it in the podcast before, but this Harley item is unique. And there's only, there's only about been about five in the last year that have been listed on eBay. Right. And one of them sold for almost 300. Another one sold for 250. And one recently, if I just went to 90 days sold, Recently, just sold for $90. But when I checked Terapeak, these were selling like right before Christmas for two to $300. Right. So right now, like I'm okay. Like, you know, I, this was a great, this is a, this was one of the hustles of the week. I think I paid a hundred dollars for all these collectibles and I've already sold like two, $300 worth. Right. I just got offered a hundred for it. Could I have taken that hundred? Sure. If I needed that capital right now, I would have taken it. But I know that in a few months, I'll be able to get over $200 for it. So you just got to think long-term on that. All right. Now, the other thing is I'm just going to throw it out there is toys. Toys. Now, two ways to source for toys. One is I think I needed to be careful because last year what I did is I bought a ton. Remember, Toys R Us was closing. So I bought tons of toys. And I made all my money back and I made a ton of money off of it. But the thing I did wrong that I wouldn't do again is I sent all those items to the Amazon warehouse like right away. And a lot of them sold, but a lot of them sat there. And my Amazon storage fees now, I'm not a big timer like others. Okay. So the numbers I'm going to give are probably change compared to others. But do you remember my Amazon fees when I shared you? It was like one month, it was like, I don't know, like $2,000 in November. It was like 2000 in November, it was like another eighteen hundred in December. It's like mortgage on a house, man. Yeah, it was huge. And then I think maybe it was January. Just store your stuff. There were three months that it was close to two thousand. One of them was more than two thousand dollars, right? And I thought, okay, you know what? These items, some of these items, I probably should have held on to, right? And I did. I saw people like on Instagram, you know, because we we I just started on Instagram that June when it was closing. I didn't know what people did. And I saw that people like late November and I'm saying you should do this because you never know how long things will take to check in. But that's when they were sending stuff in. I go, Hmm, I wish I did that. Right. So I sourced all these items right now. If there are items that right now the ranking is low and there's a good enough profit to be made, send it in now. Right. It's better to have that capital. But if there's items that the ranking isn't that low and you know, you probably will get money, better money later on. And you know that Q4, pretty much every toy sells, unless it's like crazy rank, like above, you know, I don't know, 500,000, then maybe it's time to wait. So just think about that. Right now is the time to source toys, I would say. And especially if you can find discontinued toys, if you can find, you know, specialty items like Lego and so on, right? Like right now is the time to source for those. And maybe you want to hold on if you're doing Amazon to send them to the warehouse. And maybe you want to hold on, you know, pricing them at a lower price because you look at comps now and you want to price them higher because they'll sell in Q4. Does that all make sense? It's good stuff, man. That's a lot of money. 
Yeah, no, that's terrible. It sounds like you didn't do maybe enough research and networking ahead of time. No, you're right. <laughs> and no, networking. Okay, so that's. I hope we. we t- you think we covered sourcing? I, I think we covered sourcing as much as you can this early out. Um, because I mean, as as Q4 goes, I mean, right now nobody knows what those hot items are going to be, right? Yeah. And part of that involves with research, right? Like any sourcing you do is going to have to come with some form of research unless you've already Correct. know the stuff. So, you know, that that I think is one of the big things is, you know, how do you kind of figure out like what are those hot toys going to be? And is it worth just doing the hot toys or is it kind of finding worth getting that middle of the road stuff? Now, one because- of the ways you can find out though is what are the shows that, let's say if you have your own kids, or your nephews, your nieces, your, you know, whoever, what are they watching? Yeah, man, you got it. You got it. Especially on YouTube, check out what what those kids are 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 buying and looking at, and because it influences the the. It's so crazy oh. how fast it spreads. Right? So my son was all about Ryan, you know, the eggs. Uh-huh. I didn't even know that. I should have paid closer attention. Right, I only knew about the because of Instagram. Yeah. But I should have been paying attention. I mean, I know who my son watches, but I didn't know he was that much into Ryan. Well, and the the other thing too is like, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta spot it early when it's only a few people. So like, okay, so I'm a teacher, so I've got high school students, yeah. and you know, there's certain times when certain things come out, and it's only like one or two students doing it, and then you gotta ask yourself, and you gotta be like, okay, is this the new trend, right? Yeah. Because if it is the trend those one or two students turn into the majority of the population at the school is doing it within a couple of, of months, right? Whether it's a certain type of shoe or a certain hairstyle or, or you know, whatever it is. And I, I think of, here's a good example. And here's one where I feel like I was on, on the, the forefront of it and I wish I would have you capitalized. You were hip with the kids. I was, <laughs> I was before the kids, okay? So check this out. Like I, I've, This is one of those things where I kind of like, man, I missed an opportunity. Um, so fidget spinners, you remember the fidget spinners? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay, so... I remember that. I, I remember we had, yeah, I remember all that. Okay, that so before, was admin. B- but before any, before a single student in our on our campus had a fidget spinner, about four months before, I was reading through a blog thing and I saw some people, some some on a YouTube thing, people showing how to make them, right? And okay. people were making these things, and I was seeing like how this was catching some steam on some Reddit's and some blogs, and it was like at this point you couldn't buy them anywhere, right? And so I was able to buy a fidget spinner. And it was like $25 for this fidget spinner. Really? Right. And I wanted it because I was telling myself like, okay, this is going to be the next thing. And I was seeing people are like, I, you know, you can 3D print them. And now you can go, I mean, (laughs) you can't give them away. You can't give them, they were everywhere, but there was a a time frame there. Right. And it was a short window, right? Like you're talking like a few months where it was, you couldn't, like you couldn't find them, right? Like everybody wanted fidget spinners. People were paying top dollars. Now it's like they're they're fifty cents each, and yeah, they're yeah, nobody wants them. Those and fingerlings are hanging out somewhere. But imagine though, like if you would have been, and, and it, you talk about it even with like pulling the lever on Amazon, right? Like just because you find the cash cow now doesn't mean it's going to be forever. Correct. Right. So I I always think like, man, if I would have bought the three D printer, if I'd have spent the six hundred dollars for a nice three D printer, and I'd have bought a bunch of bearings in bulk, maybe for a, like a two month window, I could have made significant amount of money and if you know when to get out and it's like okay now there's hundreds of people making these from all different you know companies then you jump out right but you know so the question is can we do that for q4 like can you find those items where it's like people are overlooking it but it's going to be the big thing right and you've got Mm -hmm. it you've got to have your feelers out there everywhere if you've got you've got kids you know what are they watching what are they into Mm -hmm. Uh, what's being advertised on on the commercials that they oh, watch. if you if you watch the commercials, I would say pretty much all the toys on the commercials ended up being hot items on Q4. I remember that because mm-hmm. I remember going, "Hey, I remember sourcing that, and I remember sourcing that, and I remember sourcing that." So yeah, I agree. And part of it too is like we're at a, a time when fewer and fewer people are actually like watching TV, right? Like mm-hmm. so, like the typical commercials. So a lot of those commercials come through eBay, right? Like or not eBay? I'm sorry, YouTube. YouTube, yeah. Like kids watch YouTube. A lot, right? Like, oh, no. there's YouTube. So you almost need to have like, because YouTube's smart too. It's not going to give you advertisements for stuff that your general like browsing history doesn't relate to, mm-hmm. right? So 
you almost need to have like a kid with their own YouTube account or have a YouTube account where you just watch the kids stuff so that you get those advertisements and see what are they seeing? What do they want? Yeah, no, I, 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 it's, it's crazy to me because so my, my kids, they watch a couple of shows. I mean, they have like these channels have like 5 million subscribers and they get like 3 million views. And it's like one of them is like these two, these brothers and they just shoot Nerf guns at each other. Right. And it's like, you know, I guess it's not the same as going out and shooting a Nerf gun, but kids love watching it. And so what ends up happening is on these shows, they will showcase like the new toys. And then what does that do? Well, all these kids that are watching are like, I want that. Toy. Yep. Right. So it's definitely something to think about when you're sourcing. Sometimes you can get in early. And, you know, what I will say, and maybe some of you will listen to this episode two months from now, we'll, we'll touch on this. But if you're sourcing, for Q4 and things are hot when you're, let's say you're sourcing in July or you're sourcing in August and things are hot at that time, sell it at that time. That's just my thoughts because I, there, you know, right now I want the scruff of loves. Remember those yep. things, man, I seen those things at like Marshall's now and Ross. I'm like, Oh, that's so painful. Yeah. Scruff of loves were one. The other one that was really hard was the, um, what were the things that they, they oh, the bracelets? Those, those never recovered. Is that yeah. what no, there's another one. It wasn't Rapples. It was another one similar to that, but it was like a furry, like little. The Pomsies? Pomsies, yes. Okay, yeah. right? Like Pomsies, like they weren't in any stores for like a whole couple of weeks. They couldn't get them in. Yeah. They were, and then shipments come in and there are entire aisles of Pomsies, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, so, so just because there is a limited supply now does not mean there's going to be a limited supply from now until the well, end. Of I wanna, I'm just going to bring up old school stuff, okay? Like Luva Bella dolls. Okay, so Luva Bella was supposed to be a hot item. And it was a hot item. It was crazy. I think it was a hot item. Those of you that sold these, let us know in the comments below. I think they were hot like in September and October. And I had sourced a lot of these. And two things happened. One is I think some YouTubers talked about it. And so that, you know, the reason there was a short supply was because all the resellers were buying them up. And the other part was... I think at that point in time, people were shopping for Christmas. And so they were really looking for that item. So eventually, like you said, by that time they were hot and I should have sold the Louisville. But, and you only made like $40, $50 profit. I didn't, I didn't think you could make more. Same thing with Scruffaloves. Scruffaloves, they kind of peaked, I would say, at $50 each. And you can buy them for like less than $20. Bucks, but they peaked. And by the time November hit, no more. And that's the that's the dark side of networking, right? Because... There is the positive side where you learn a lot of things yeah. and you get a lot of the downside to it is is there is a lot of influence to buy certain items. Oh, I right? agree. Yeah. And so it's crazy to think that it is very possible that the shortage in supply, which is what raises price, right? Because mm -hmm. demand is high, that a good portion of that demand is coming from resellers. No, which it's is true. A nightmare if you are the last reseller or towards the end of resellers to realize that. Now, if you're at the beginning then you can kind of capitalize on the fact that that demand okay, is being let, created by resellers. Well, let's just throw it out there, right? So there's a certain item, we've talked about it, the certain doll, right? We'll just throw it out there mm -hmm. that there's there was like none in San Diego, right? I mean, well, pretty much just because I bought a ton, Mike bought a lot, and a bunch of other resellers bought them. But the reason there was a shortage wasn't because like buyers were buying them, it was because resellers were buying them, right? And I think I think we were sourcing these, what, was it September? Yeah. Or something like that, right? And we were thinking this was going to be a hot item. And I still did okay. I mean, I made maybe 10 bucks on some of them, maybe 20. You Did you make some close to that? Oh, I sold a few of them. Yeah, but you no, didn't. Not for it, a lot. It wasn't like as much as. bucks. Yeah, I was telling. Not easy to ship. Yeah, no, no, they're, they're a beast. But that's part of the research. Like understanding, okay, why is this demand happening? Is it because somebody said, hey this is the item that you should get? Or is it because this is really what's popular? Right? Cause this item I would say was popular. It was pretty pop culture mainstream among the kids. I feel so old saying that amongst the kids, but, but what ended up happening is that I think resellers had banked on that the previous year was such a hot moneymaker. And so a lot of researchers like me didn't do that. I, I don't know how to do that research, but, the good way I could have done it is by asking when I walked into a Walmart or a Target or wherever I was sourcing these items at, 
was asking the managers, like, hey, I see a lot of these items are gone. Like, who's picking these up? Right? Because a lot of... But do you think they're going to say, like, parents and grandparents? No, are they okay. just going to say people? Like, No, great question. No, great question. So, let's talk about networking, okay? So, we kind of talked... We touched on research, right? Research, it all depends and goes in waves, right? You can do a lot of research in July. That's kind of tough. But you can kind of anticipate things, like you said, speculation. And then September, October, you get into the heavy researching. But with networking, okay, so trying to establish relationships in Q4 is the wrong time. Right now is the time, right? Mm -hmm. So right now is the time, let's say toys are going to be one of your hot items. Now is the time to get to know the managers at the Walmart. I don't know about the Target. Maybe if you can, I know some resellers that have good connection with Target, which is kind of, I wish I could do that. Um, But, uh, you know, or whether it be at, you know, some other stores that you can source items from. Now is this time to start that relationship, right? It's kind of like anything. Like you can't just come up to somebody cold and say, hey, can you let me know next time this item arrives? You kind of, and there's some people that are willing to, but if you're consistently in that store and they get to know you and they're yeah, comfortable. Building a relationship. Yeah. You will be the first person they call. Yeah. That, that's huge. And then the other one too, like, because I think that's, that's important. I, I didn't even think about that ahead of time, but yeah, you do want to be building those relationships now so that when it's profitable, you can capitalize on it. Right. But, but the other part that like, I think a lot of people might not even think of too. We talked a little bit about, okay, so when you order boxes, as it gets closer, like the the UP, USPS, right? As it yeah. gets closer to Q4, there's so many packages being shipped, like things take longer, mm-hmm. right? And we also know that like your, your postman, uh, maybe if you're dropping off at a UPS store, like I do a lot, like they get busy, they get overwhelmed and you want to be networking and building up relationships there too, mm-hmm. right? It is not very expensive if you, like, for instance, I do a lot, I drop, drop a lot off the UPS, including whenever I have USPS stuff, for the most part, I drop it off the UPS store. And I know that that's extra work for them. It is not expensive to bring in a dozen donuts to the workers there and be like, hey, thanks guys so much for always, you know, helping out and getting this stuff shipped, helping me, you know, ship this stuff out. And then that can go long ways at Q4 when things get busy and you bring in your items you know, and I would never accuse, you know, workers of a place like that, like mistreating items. But if you are a kind, generous person to them, and you're thankful and grateful to them, the chances of your items being treated well and being taken care of. And if, if you're showing up as they're locking the door, right, they might be. Are, you, are you judging me right now? I, you know, I'm not judging, but it's true. Like we all are there. If Let's say you source something great. You're pulling up to the 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 UPS mm-hmm. or the USPS store and they're about ready to lock the door. Mm-hmm. And you're the guy that's always in there complaining. Yeah. They're going to say, sorry, oh, we're closed. Don't, ever, don't even be that person complaining. Don't ever complain. That's just my view. But if you're the guy that last week, you know, brought yeah. in, brought in some baked goods, yeah, yeah, they're going to yeah. say, oh, it, just drop them off real quick. So great you know? point. So I got two stories to share with that. The one story is, do you, so this is, this is, this was on our Instagram story yesterday. Okay. So this is Wednesday when this is dropping, but yesterday we posted and when Mike and I went sourcing, uh, we, yeah, well, maybe it's still on there, but it wasn't, it was an adventure of sourcing in real world, real world time. Cause you know, it was all right. Okay. But it's not always, it's not always rainbows. I don't think you noticed this, but, uh, at that. At the story that shall not be named. Did you notice me talking to that one gentleman? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So that guy I have known for four years. Okay. And so he uh he works at a certain place. And, you know, he's like, Hey, I haven't seen you in a long time. I'm like, oh, sorry, you know, I've been busy doing this and this. And we were chatting. Next day, I go to where he's at. There's like stash of stuff that are like hot items I, I can flip really fast guess who's working that day nice guess who got a sweet deal i mean i i can't i can't even tell you like i didn't even know like mm-hmm. like mike's in the corner like mike's researching electronics i'm talking to this guy and i was kind of like i was doing you know we were doing the ig story and i kind of didn't i wanted to i didn't, you don't want to spend your time talking to somebody you want yeah. to be moving yeah yeah but I took the time, you know, we, we shared, we laughed and next day, oh. next day. And so it's just one of those things that taking those few extra moments are definitely worth it because you never know. There's another, uh, you know, story about, you know, the, the UPS store I go to awesome people. Like I've known them for over a year and there have been times where like I've had to move quick. So they're out there, they're willing to get boxes for me. They're willing, you know, whatever it is. 
you know, they let me know, right? Or like, hey, you know, the UPS guy is a couple minutes late. If you come on over, we can, you know, you can drop yourself off. Like, I agree. It's not just sourcing that networking is huge. It's it's building relationships in various opportunities. And nothing comes across more um, disingenuous than like last minute, right? Yeah. Like, like trying to buddy hey, buddy how, up how's when you need something, yeah, yeah. right? Like you need, so like right now, if things are slower for you, especially summer slowdown, and be legitimate. Like, we're not saying, like, manipulate anybody. But, like, legitimately take the time to be interested in the lives of other people. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows the end goal. It's not... So, some people may feel uncomfortable and go, like, oh, well, they know I'm trying to, you know, talk to them because I want something from them. From them. I think they know that. Right? I don't think it's a shock. Like, if you say... And we always talk about this. Like, mentioning your reseller takes you a lot further than keeping quiet about it because... Everyone knows you're not buying that for the orphanage, okay? Just, just throwing it out there, all right? Just throwing it out there, right? But if they know you're a reseller, they know you have an end game, right? And it's to be able to source these items. So, you know, don't feel bad about, you know, having a conversation and talking with them. It's not like they're going to go like, that person just talked to me because they were trying to source items. Like, I think they know that already. Yeah. Or do you think I'm wrong? You think I'm off? No, I, I think you're right. And I think, I think too, it comes, it's, it's about consistency. And I think being a genuine person, I think you can have, I think you can build a relationship knowing that this might be a beneficial relationship without being fake and without mm-hmm. intent. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a way of doing it. If you're only being friendly towards people you think who can help you, you are going to run into problems really fast. Oh, right? I, people, I agree. people notice that. And you never know that that person that, is just stocking the shelf that you kind of treated, you know, in a, in a poor manner because, you know, they're not the store manager and then come to find out like, Oh, wait a minute. That's like the store manager's son or something. Yeah. Or it is the store manager and you know, like, so you, you gotta be genuine. You gotta be real. You gotta be a polite person. That doesn't come easy to everyone, but um, yeah, if you do that, if you're, if you're willing to be genuine and network over long periods of time, then when you need that favor, it's 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 not a hard ask at that point. Yeah, agreed. And so, you know, one of the big things with networking last year is I would get texts from managers from different stores saying, hey, this item is going to be in stock or like, hey, I'm not 100% sure, Orlando, but if there's a day you stop by, it's probably this day. I mean, they helped so much. And I can tell you, even now with just, you know, sourcing at, at different stores, my biggest deals, my biggest ROI come from networking. They don't come from me just walking in and finding like the holy grail of items. It just doesn't happen that way. At least not for me. So, so hey, now is the start. Now is the time to start building those relationships. It's good stuff, man. All right. So we covered organizing, we covered sourcing, we covered researching and networking. Hopefully, we've given you the steps to start prepping for Q4 and Q3. Yeah, and let us know down in the comments what are you doing to prep yeah. for Q4. We'd uh, love to learn more. Yeah, good stuff. So with all that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Peace.